0: Hello, and welcome to the Marvel Virgin, a podcast all about the Marvel Cinematic Universe. My name is Paul, and I'm a Marvel Virgin. And
1: my name is Kaylee, and I'm a Marvel whore. For each episode, Paul is watching a Marvel movie or TV series for the very first time. And with my help, we'll be delving into the good and not so good aspects of the MCU, and navigating the secrets and intricacies of this big and complex
0: universe. If you'd like to send in any questions, comments, factoids, or even if you'd like to correct anything we've said after all we're not perfect then you can tweet us at the marble virgin we'd love to hear from you enjoy the show let's talk about moon night which always put gives me the um, theme tune to moonraker in my head when i say it
1: Well oh, sing it for me no <laughs> <laughs> Oh. Like sort of, I just want
0: like. I feel like Shirley Bassey should have done a Moon Knight kind of it, theme tune to it. it.
1: Would have if they'd asked her and she was able to do that.
0: I think she's game for anything now.
1: <laughs> yeah, let's talk about it because this is one of the weirder. Well, not weirder, but yeah, it's a bit more. Of, it is weirder. I'm not gonna. It's something
0: it. really different. I yeah, think
1: the comics are very different as well. Like they are oh, wildly look. They look so different to all the other comic books on the shelves. Actually, they're very like. Different style, different artwork, different colour scheme. Mm. Concept's very odd as well. But who doesn't love the Egyptian gods?
0: I really enjoyed the inclusion of the Egyptian gods because I don't know much about the Egyptian gods, really. This is a bit of a black hole in my knowledge. Um, and like, it, whenever I went on Wikipedia whilst watching Moon Knight, I was like, this, this is a massive topic because <laughs> we were talking ancient Egypt. We're not talking. You know, when you talk about ancient Athens, and you're talking like 400s, 300s BC or something. When you talk about ancient Egypt, you're talking about like 2,000 years of history.
1: So, Next. so different
0: gods have gone into vogue, come out of vogue, come back into vogue, been worshipped for different things, had different um, depictions of them, and it's. And also, we're not quite sure if any of that is true anyway. So. <laughs>
1: I love it. I, I did like a tiny delve into it. the Tutankhamun commune thing came round London a couple of years back and I was like, oh, this is interesting. I'll do some research on the ancient Egypt. I loved it in year three. I'm sure I'll be <laughs> up to date on this. And yeah, it was shocking because like, some of them are like closer to dinosaurs than they are to us now, just because of the breadth of time that there was.
0: Bizarre, isn't it? It's that famous fact that the pyramids were built. Um, the distant the the, the gap of time between the pyramids and Cleopatra is greater than the gap between Cleopatra and the iPhone oh wow that's how long ancient Egypt is like it's
1: long guys it's long but I like it I think you know I've had the mummy enjoyed that moon night I feel like we could do more things based in ancient Egypt
0: I feel like this has made us experts watching the mummy and (laughs) then moon (laughs) Yes,
1: yeah every millennial's dream isn't
0: it (laughs) learning is fun
1: learning is fun so did you find it fun enough to make this one of your top faves
0: you know what i really enjoyed moon Knight, and whenever i tell people this they're like oh really no (laughs) and i'm like what it was fun i thought it was quite good
1: i think also because we've been watching everything so close together it's nice to have something that stands out because I feel like with Marvel, things have a tendency to sometimes fall into the same patterns and styles. So this is a very good one because it's like, "Hey, I'm something completely different. Are you ready for me?"
0: It I is. I I agree. And right from the fact that he's that when he's in superhero form, he's like all white. Mm. Um, there's not like more than one. Obviously, each superhero has a kind of color scheme, but it's usually like a major color with a couple of other a couple of others. But the fact that he's all white was already quite striking. And very different. And sometimes he's, you know, got a cape, but sometimes he's got a suit. And it's that's a bit different, which I quite enjoy.
1: I really thought you could say sometimes he's got a cape, and sometimes he hasn't got a
0: cape. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes <laughs> he, he hasn't got yes, a cape.
1: That's better. No, I like what you said more. Now, I <laughs> also, and I like Oscar Isaac a lot, even though he is doing some wild things with his voice at some points. But um I, I do think-
0: love oscar isaac i just am um, obsessed with the idea of him and john boyega's characters in star wars being like having like a little relationship which they never did and i was they curious about it
1: they couldn't because of china and russia they would have but been china like, and russia it ruined everything but yeah no i agree ho dameron was an amazing
0: character <laughs> literally and he was so i loved him in um the two faces of january Have you ever seen that mm. film yes that's such a good film and he's so good in that um let's talk about his accent in this what do you think of the accent
1: so you know what a lot of people didn't like it it i like but in mary poppins so obviously i was going to enjoy this because i'm like you know what it's silly and it's fun and it made him feel more i don't know it was inexplicable the accent but i i liked it because it helped me really differentiate between different versions of him and it made me really warm to him as a character
0: Mm. I remember watching, seeing clips from the trailer, and immediately thinking, "What the hell is he doing?" Like that's that's bizarre. But then when I watched it, I actually think he kind of nailed it. Why do you bit. do? You? I'm, I'm like, I'm the more I listen to it, the more I'm like, I swear I've heard. I'm I'm not very well connected because it's meant to be quite a Essexy, like quite far East London kind of accent. Um, no. North London, oh well yeah. th- that kind of area but we I'm don't not care very that side. <laughs> don't I'm not very well connected. I don't know many people from that area. I grew up in a very different area. um so I'm not very familiar with it, but I'm like I swear I've heard people talk like that quite genuinely and have yeah. that accent and actually, I thought it was a very good accent in the end I,
1: did too. I liked it and apparently it wasn't in the script. He just kind of did that on his own and people were like what are you what are you doing there, Oscar? What's that about but
0: I want to. I mean, want to know what he watched to perfect it. <laughs> I. I wanna, I'm like, did you watch? Did you watch Love Island?
1: <laughs> yes, or Towie. or just or any. Towie,
0: Yeah, because
1: Chris Pratt does a very good Essex accent because he's watched Towie. So I wonder if it's a big thing in America. We just don't know about.
0: I think so. I think they might use it as a as a guide because those shows are so stereotypically those are it's a bit like if you watch Real Housewives in New Jersey you're going to get the absolute New Jersey stereotypes Doicy. New Jersey yeah. all about fame <laughs> bully you know all that <laughs> stuff and it's it's kind of bollocks because New Jersey's a big place so there's lots of people who don't talk like that in New Jersey but I guess if you want to do that r- slightly more authentic North London slash Essex accents like th- that kind of vibe then yeah that's exactly what you would watch because you get the you Fair get town. the you get the classic stereotypes from it, wouldn't you?
1: Is that, or you get down to Abbey. That's like the two options, I think.
0: That is usually the case of Americans doing British accents, isn't it? Is that yeah. you get, you go from, and I, find, I think like Renee Zellweger is great as Bridget Jones, but I think her accent fluctuates sometimes because every now, they, they'll be like, hello, I'm the queen and I'm gonna shine your shoes, governor. Like it's kind of fluctuates between, and I'm like, yeah. you've gone through the whole like Victorian class system there. <laughs>
1: I love it. She just, when she say oi, oi, it's like she's doing both at the same time and you're like how are you doing that? We can't be posh and cockney. Oh yeah, there's the third option, sorry, cockney as well. Can't forget them.
0: Exactly, yeah. It's, but, it's yeah. that. That's kind of like, yeah and then, and then when you start introducing them to northern accents, like any accent above sort of um, from Birmingham upwards I think you'll look kind of like, <laughs> now, now we're going into really difficult territory here because <laughs> British people can't imitate some of this.
1: <laughs> well, the- Sorry to diverge, but Wild Mountain Time. Have you seen that? Because they've hired no, it was like no Irish people for that, and it's got like Christopher Walken and Emily Blunt being Irish, and you're like,
0: oh, "Oh." there was. I didn't watch it, but I read about it. Yes. Oh oh,
1: yeah, you know about the situation then. Yeah,
0: I know things. Yeah,
1: (laughs) yeah. I mean, that's a whole other podcast, but that you should watch it just for the sheer buffet of madness that is everyone's version of an Irish accent in that film
0: um mm, yes <laughs> maybe I will I do love it when um an accent goes horribly wrong like that's the be- one of the best parts of Mary Poppins um
1: yeah. as a kid you're like this is fine but as an adult you're like, oh, I don't know that this is good where, where did this come from
0: <laughs> I know yeah <laughs> but generally people are quite good with accents I think I think now there's a bit more sort of sensitivity in casting and stuff so they're like right we can't if people are going to do an accent, we have to think very carefully about what accent they're doing, who they are and um and whether it's gonna be like authentic or not um basically if speaking of accents, I have a question for you because I thought of this uh before I hopped on um is there any um American actor who in a film who you think nails a British accent like to the point where you wondered if they were British actually because I've got two in my head.
1: Let me, you tell me your two, while well, I think because oh. it's a lot to put on the spot. So
0: my, my two, I genuinely was, I thought they were British until I looked them up at a later date afterwards and found out otherwise, or saw them in another film doing their actual accent. So the first one is Elijah Woods in Lord of the Rings. Oh. And on I- that note, also um, Sam, whoever the actor's name is, doing a Cornish accent um yeah. which, and both of them are like that he's not my second one he's like a side he's well he's one b Um, a... <laughs> but both of them I think that it's pitch perfect in my opinion and when I found that I Elijah to... Woods American I was like ah, oh,
1: oh right fantasy, okay fantasy is British because there wasn't someone to chat about Jake Jake Gyllenhaal I think he auditioned for the Lord of the Rings and he just did his normal accent and I told him he was the worst actor they've ever seen.
0: Get out, get out.
1: <laughs> get the fuck out, what are you doing? Yes okay that's good so one and one B, what were your? One and
0: one B and then my second one is uh, Angelina Jolie in Tomb Raider. I Ooh. think she does a very good British accent in there. Maybe, I haven't watched it in a long time so maybe I'll watch it and change my mind but <laughs> I remember when I found out she was actually American I was surprised by that.
1: Okay. I mean, I don't know about that one, but I like it.
0: I Do you disagree? Nearly,
1: oh, <laughs> maybe, a little bit.
0: It's only because I haven't seen it in a while, but I swear I swear, it was a good accent.
1: <laughs> I remember I used to think Idris Elba was American, so that's the other way around. Mm, yeah. Uh, yeah. I, it actually quite surprised me when I found out he was British. I was like, what? How? And obviously the same with Daniel Craig, and I'm joking,
0: <laughs> I think Daniel Craig's meant to be a slight mockery anyway. <laughs>
1: I know, yeah, but it just, every time it happens, I'm like, it's like Bleh. you're holding the words in your mouth for such a long time and really like rolling them around in there. Mwah,
0: wah, mwah, mwah, mwah. <laughs> he talks like um like the teachers in Snoopy but slower. Mwah, 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 mwah. Yeah, I love it.
1: <laughs> I think it's great. I bet quite a few of the Bridgerton lot are not over American, aren't they? Or are they all British?
0: I think they're mostly British um, from just going through them in my head. I think it makes sense just to hire British actors because you'll just get a British accent then. Like, yeah, don't, there's know, no, there's no need to go hunting America or anywhere else. Um, Australian actors. Oh, actually, Kate Blanchett in the Elizabeth films. Australian actors do very good British accents. Generally,
1: Yes, they do. Don't yeah. I mean, that's. I can't. Yeah, no, I I don't think of, I can't think of an American doing a good British accent. I know David Tennant's accent in Doctor Who, is not his Scottish accent, and I quite like that. But it is very similar to Daniel Radcliffe's accent, and I wonder if maybe they went to the same acting school because I realized that the other day when I was
0: thinking about it. Maybe he watched lots of Harry Potter's and um, you know, used that as his uh, method acting.
1: Maybe he did. He was in one of them.
0: That's true. He was. Yes, he learns from Briefly. the best.
1: <laughs> he learned very briefly um yeah no I think it's like yeah people not being Scottish or being Scottish like you, McGregor in Milan Rouge not Scottish
0: yeah. but yeah but then yeah. I think I think um if you're Scottish Irish or Welsh and you go into acting you're basically forced to like be British be English in your accent yeah. because of because of the class system and snobbery and slight bit little lashings of xenophobia as well so yeah you know because like Maggie Smith is Scottish and you know, you can hear a slight twang in the voice, but she's lately been trained not to have too much of a Scottish accent in her life. <laughs> so
1: true. Yes. Now I'm going to think of this. I'm sure one will pop into my head while we're midway through.
0: We'll see. We'll see how it goes. But yeah, I think sometimes it works. Um, and I actually, I think Oscar Isaac did a very good job with the accent.
1: I think he did too. I think he did too. And he said he he did some research. So. Mm. Who's to say he's lying? Who's and I think favorite?
0: creating that such a marked difference between the two of them, I think it really worked and really enjoyed it. And I loved the first episode and how it all gradually gets revealed. Um, it was so so full of mystery and excitement. And I liked it.
1: He didn't say it was supposed to be bizarre, his accent, just as an mm. FYI.
0: And you're meant to be kind of, you're meant to kind of love him. And I, I kind of did love him. Um, you know and it, it's kind of he's a bit pathetic but quite tenacious at the same time and um and so it all kind of worked in the character not just in his uh voice but in his mannerisms and and in the story as well and yeah i really liked it i don't i don't hate on him at all
1: no have you seen an idiot abroad
0: no no i haven't uh, actually
1: well he said he was inspired by carl pilkington from an Idiot Abroad*.
0: I'll look it up. I've never actually watched, I know of Carl Pilkington, but I've never watched him. So maybe yeah. I should watch that and see see the origins of Stephen Grant. Yeah.
1: I mean, I prefer him in the Ricky Gervais show, Like the audio, they did like, I think they animated it, their podcast, as, so mm. you can watch it. But yeah, the idiot, the first series on idiot Broad is pretty good. So that's where he got it from. Oh, wow. Extra research for you.
0: <laughs> lots of extra yeah I've got lots of lots of post podcast research to do <laughs>
1: you <for> you, huh?
0: <laughs> um should I go into some plot let's do, plot.
1: Let's Love do plot
0: plot so like I said this first episode I thought was so good um we meet oh it starts off with that really that scene where you see um thingy the bad guy the actress name's gone out my head who plays the bad guy in this I e- e- Ethan Hawke. Ethan Hawke. There we go. I w- kept wanted to say Tom Hanks and I'm like, no, it's not Tom <laughs> Hanks.
1: <laughs> Why hasn't he been a Marvel villain yet? That would be such a weird word. I'd love that.
0: I would love it. Um, I think, yeah, call out to him. Let's see. He hasn't turned <laughs> up in a Marvel film yet. Let's do it. Um, He puts, he like breaks um some glass, puts them in his shoes and starts walking around with them in his shoes. And immediately you get, because there is a like lovely balance of light and dark in this. Mm-hmm. Like you've got quite like bits of comedy, but then the villain is quite dark, and s- some of the things that happen later on are quite scary. Like those undead mummy things in that tomb. Yeah. Yeah. That. Ugh, ugh, There's I a lot like... of
1: dance stuff in this one.
0: I was. N- I was. Meet... I was nooping, and I was like nope, 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 nope.
1: You meet the big bad quite early on as well, which is unusual for Marvel. Normally, they're sort of in later. So.
0: It's all kind of, well, I guess uh, the big reveal is kind of um, what they're up to and what they want. But yeah, you do you meet him very early, don't you? And you meet his whole cult very early. But, um, but anyway, they spend the episode gradually revealing um, the main guy. So we've got Stephen Grant. He works in the British Museum. He wants to be a tour guide because he's very, very knowledgeable about ancient Egypt. But he keeps screwing up. He's evidently um, struggles with his mental health. He ties himself to the bed every night because he sleepwalks. Mm. Mm. Mysterious, very mysterious.
1: <laughs> or it's a weird kink of his. Who or are we, yeah,
0: <laughs> <laughs> still mysterious. Um, <laughs> um, but then he blacks out, and then or he goes to sleep, and then he wakes up one day, and he suddenly he's in the Alps. Why is he there? And he stumbles on a strange cult led by Arthur Harrow, who is Ethan Hawke with the glass in his shoes. Mm-hmm. Um. And while he's escaping, he keeps blacking out and hearing this mysterious deep voice in his head. When he wakes up again, people are like beaten up. And and so there's obviously some kind of alter ego who comes out as he blacks out. And like I said, I think this was revealed so well. Like there was, you're you're kind of scared, but also you're kind of laughing sometimes. And I think they balance that all very well with that one.
1: Mm, I do too.
0: Um, Just to add to the mystery, he finds a hidden phone in his flat and that he's never seen before and a little key card and uh the phone has many calls to someone called Layla. he tries to ring Layla, and she calls him mark and she's like who is this i don't recognize this strange voice where are you mark and he's so he does and he doesn't know who this mark is arthur harrow then comes after stephen and he summons a jackal in the in the uh the, the place british museum uh to attack him side note i appreciate it Proper use of museums in London, unlike Eternals, (laughs) who screwed up their museums big time.
1: (laughs) They knew this one, but we'll talk about the museums later, because it might appear in the quiz.
0: Appear in the quiz. Oh, my goodness. Mystery and excitement within the podcast about something about mystery and excitement.
1: Uh... Imagine if it's just, which museum was
0: Hmm, which is it? (laughs) Um... Stephen's reflection starts talking to him, as you do, <laughs> um, and says, I need to take over your body. So Stephen agrees. And then this transforms him into the white-clad figure who kills the jackal and who's very, very strong.
1: And he wears a cloak.
0: And he wears a cape, yes. Mm. Unlike, so he didn't take Edna Mode's advice about this one. Idiot. <laughs> he does like the cape. But he
1: did ask for consent, which is very nice. We're as episode. a
0: result of all this carnage and chaos... Stephen is fired from the British Museum. Um, But the mysterious key card he found in his uh, apartment, he uses that to open a mysterious locker to find a mysterious scarab. And the mysterious Arthur Harrow is after this scarab for mysterious reasons that we do not know yet.
1: Mm. It seems so unfair that he gets fired because it's clearly not him who's caused all of that damage.
0: (laughs) I know, but they don't seem to like him anyway. They find him annoying
1: yeah that's true they're probably just looking for excuse we know how people do that
0: and just putting myself in their shoes I think I'd find him quite annoying
1: (laughs) (laughs) you loved him a minute ago
0: (laughs) I do I do but I'm seeing him from his perspective whereas if Uh, I'm seeing him if I saw him from an outsider's perspective I think I'd fall into the same trap and be like who is this pathetic human being um (laughs) and I'd be that person
1: Okay, yeah, that's fair. Why is there a human slug working beside me?
0: <laughs> <laughs> human slug, ouch. <laughs> um, uh, do, 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 do. he then starts chatting to his reflection, who reveals that the the reflection is his alter ego, who's an American mercenary called Mark Specter, which is a great name. Mark is very cool.
1: Specter um, is interesting as well because it adds that sort of like spiritual element.
0: Mm. And, and, you know, connections to James Bond and stuff. And Mm. Spectre. Um, He is, Mark Spectre is the avatar of the Egyptian god of the moon, Khonshu. 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 Not one heard
1: of before.
0: No, no. They they used a lot of gods where I was like, huh, they've gone, they've not gone for the obvious ones. But that suggests to me that the obvious ones are not necessarily the most famous ones from a scholarly point of view maybe
1: yeah maybe to be fair i can't really think of any to name off the top of my head set
0: <laughs> set ra horus like those kinds of ones um yeah you know the the stargate ones
1: <laughs> yeah yeah stargate ones that's where i know all of my egyptian gods from to be fair
0: <laughs> um uh and this Layla, who was on the phone she's his wife um but she's never met stephen so she's kind of like or she thinks there's just mark But there isn't, there's two.
1: They have good chemistry, even though they don't know each other in the beginning. Like when he's clutching her little shoulders and she ends up around her waist and she's like, why are you doing the voice? Like, don't be doing the voice now. We're not, you know, there's no one here.
0: Yeah, yeah. And she, yeah. I liked Layla a lot. I thought she was a really fun character. Um
1: their relationship reminded me of the early episodes between The Doctor and River, where he has no idea who she is. And she's like, spoilers, sweetie. So I feel like that's their vibe.
0: Now she knows a little bit more, and but he knows that she's important but doesn't know why. And yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 yeah I yeah, I see what you mean. Yeah, definitely. Hmm. Um we find out that Arthur Harrow, he used to be Konshu's avatar, but he chose to stop doing that and follow a god the goddess amet who Mm. is like this really evil demon god of the dead and i looked up amet on wikipedia and apparently egyptians didn't really worship her they were they kind of feared her she was like scary um which she is in the series as well
1: yeah i'd be like yes you can have a goat just don't come near me
0: (laughs) (laughs) um he wants the scarab to summon Amit from her prison and then she can consume the can absorb the world of all its sins and all bad people. Anyone who has like bad thoughts in their head kind of goes. And I'm like, well that's basically everyone. <laughs> Isn't it? Apart
1: from a baby because they, they don't have any idea what they're thinking. But
0: but then the babies can't look after themselves. So it's like oh, oh yeah
1: they they'll die. die well. Everyone dies.
0: I like Arthur Harrow's confidence that he won't be killed by her because he yeah he also has like evil so what what's the standard here what's the standard of evil this is not very clear but i guess that's what evil people are like i'm good aren't they that's true evil
1: i think so and it's such a it's such a thing isn't it for like
0: evil super villains
1: that like, i destroyed the entire world and you're like well then there'll be no one left to boss around i don't understand your logic here why would you want to be the only person left in the planet
0: and I... those those evil supervillains who are like, I'm going to get rid of all evil people. It's like, but you evil, you are you're evil. So
1: evil You're so evil. You're,
0: you're evil too. So, like,
1: duh. <laughs> <laughs> joy, sort your life out.
0: <laughs> if I was a superhero, and met a supervillain like that, I'd be like, yeah, okay, release them. Like, I'm fine, but you're gone.
1: Wouldn't that make you evil though?
0: True, because then, yeah, yeah, Actually, the existential <laughs> crisis. I'm all right though. I'm back. <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah well, it was absorbed the world of all its sins arthur harrow manages to get hold of the scarab there's lots of fighting and stuff and stephen mark and layla they go they chase after him um harrow heads to amit's tomb uh the good guys they don't know where amit's tomb is so they need mm. to find out uh in the meantime Konshu tries to warn the other gods he goes and meets their avatars um, and tries to warn them of what Arthur is up to. But Arthur Harrow also turns up and convinces he's like, No, I'm not doing that. Don't be silly. Um, so they and they believe him. <laughs> <laughs> fools
1: I'd be like, but why is this other person going such lengths? I feel like their logic is flawed and like, you know, he's he's not even going, oust this guy and make me your new favorite or um, let's suck his powers out and give it to someone else. He's literally going, he's evil. I don't think yeah. we should trust him. And they're like, no, I don't believe. Why would you lie for no reason? I believe nothing. I believe nothing you said.
0: He's telling us that you're, uh, he's telling us this. So he must be true. It's like, yeah. it feel like it's that bit in The Simpsons where when Psycho Bob is on parole and he yeah. reveals that he's got Die, Bart, Die tattooed to his chest. And he goes, no, yes. no, that's German for The Bart, The. And this woman goes, well, no one who speaks German could be an evil man. Yeah. <laughs> that's it. That's
1: the same scene. The
0: Simpsons did it already. <laughs> the Sim- Simpsons did it. Simpsons did it. Uh. Uh, so Khonshu decides to help Stephen slash to find the tomb and they find, they go, they go meet this guy who has a sarcophagus and there's a big fight and stuff. I couldn't quite remember the exact details of this, but they find like a broken star map. But mm-hmm. the problem is it's 2000 years old. So Khonshu has to like reverse time. <laughs> like it's, that. Very cool.
1: it's a nice sequence.
0: It's a very nice sequence. It's very beautiful. It, they do that in the desert. And then, um and they, and that helps them to understand the star map and where Amit's tomb is. Um, but for doing this, he's broken some kind of like law or something. So the other gods um, imprison him for doing this. So it leaves Stephen and Mark without his, his influence and his powers.
1: Which is unfortunate because that is very important.
0: It is unfortunate. I think this is where people started maybe to not like Moon Knight so much. Is that the exact workings of the of these gods didn't always make a lot of sense, especially yeah. when we get to the hospital bit, which we'll get to quite soon, because that's when it got really weird. And even even I'm like, yeah, maybe that bit didn't need to be there. <laughs> <laughs> even you, even I, a lover of Moon Knight. <laughs> <laughs> um. They confront Harrow at Amet's tomb. They face these kind of, uh, those, like I said, those undead mummy things that were horrible and like yeah. ate you and bleh and no. It was,
1: this was like where they were like, let's put as much Egyptian stuff in as we can. We've got the maze, which is the shape of the eye of...
0: Of the eye of Horus. We've got, we got a scarab.
1: We know they're evil. I've seen them eating people in the mummy. I assume that's what they do in real life because why would the mummy lie to me? And then they've got those mummies.
0: Exactly. The one thing they're missing is a mummy coming to life and then consuming pe- four people in order to then rebuild themselves. Um, yeah. But you know, we'll 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 forgive them. You know, that, there's that one historical inaccuracy there. <laughs> <laughs> um. There's no book of the dead or book of the living and all that stuff. I thought, well, you know, something you can't have it all. I
1: Switched places. Oh no, the book of the dead should be uh it's over
0: here. <laughs> <laughs> um do, do, do Layla somehow finds the, the believes or is told that Mark killed her father, who was like an Egyptian archaeologist. Um, yeah. but then he says it was his mercenary partner. Um, I can't remember how that was resolved exactly. That this was where it started to get a little bit muddled. Um
1: I think she just kind of believes him, right? He's like, I yeah. oh, did it. And then Spectre killed me. And then Conchu revived me, right? And she's like, seems true. I'll go with it.
0: I think that's the case. Um, maybe it's like a little breadcrumb they've put in for future media, whatever yeah. he happens to turn up in, whether it's TV or film. I think they've said they're not going to do another TV. I think they're going to put him in films. That'd be nice. Mm.
1: We know Oscar Isaac can handle a film.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah. He's got experience. Um, (laughs) Harrow shoots Stephen slash Mark. And then they so then Mark wakes up in like a this weird psychiatric hospital with Harrow as a doctor in charge. This is where it did lose me a little bit. And I thought (laughs) this was I'm not quite sure what was going on in the writer's room at this point when they thought of this idea. Drugs that's what was going on in in there having a little party
1: they had a brownie and it just seemed like a good idea at the time
0: idiots idiots (laughs) 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 because it also then they're not in a psychiatric hospital they're on a ship sailing over the desert which is kind of like the sea but sand um and then they meet the god Tawaret who has a hippo head and she like weighs up people's hearts to see what
1: This I remember from being in year three. You weigh your heart against a feather. And if the feather, it has to be lighter than the feather of words, you are evil. And I was always like, but there's no way that my heart would be lighter than the feather. So it worried me. Are you
0: traumatized by the idea that your heart gets weighed against a feather on a set of scales?
1: Are you not? It seems worrying. If this is the actual afterlife print that we don't know about, we're all screwed
0: we are all screwed that must be she tarot Tower... 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 she's so difficult to say towerette um must be there like weighing people's hearts and being like i don't get why everyone's heavier than a feather like this is crazy why i haven't met someone who's even lighter than a feather maybe this is maybe i should rethink this
1: <laughs> maybe, maybe i should try a different feather <laughs> yeah
0: <laughs> maybe let me like a 10 kilo weight or something
1: maybe <laughs> something also if you've got like fatty heart deposits or you just got like heart disease you're screwed
0: yeah because what if like you're quite fat and but you're also like a good person you're screwed sure you're not fat anymore
1: you have to say enormous
0: (laughs) enormous oh yeah yeah according to Roald Dahl yeah (laughs) no fat is being like re um what's the word reclaimed as so that it's not an insult it's just a descriptive word
1: but you're supposed to say I have fat no I am fat
0: but everyone has fat.
1: I know. But <laughs> I have more fat than you.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I have excess fat? No, that's a bit, that's a bit gross. <laughs> I don't
1: know. I, I, it's just a segue here, but I don't know why they think saying someone's enormous is less harsh than saying someone's fat because I think I'd find that more hurtful.
0: We're talking about the Roald Dahl edits, which we've grown having both grown up. What reading Roald Dahl? We're, I'm not against edits. I'm not I'm against not. censoring and stuff like that because some of Roald Dahl is incredibly sexist, racist. Um, you know, heteronormative. It's awful sometimes.
1: Mythic, yeah
0: anti-semitic yeah absolutely so it needs to be uh, that but I think some of the edits being made don't actually change anything and like you say changing fat to enormous it's like well they're you know you, it doesn't it's, it still means the same the same image gets conjured up in it so I know,
1: like, you're still calling me fat you're just using more syllables to do it I don't want that
0: <laughs> I know it's like it yeah it's a, yeah it, some some of the edits um I think you've you've thought too much about this <laughs> a little bit um you do- the racist stuff, yeah, get rid of that. Absolutely. Oh, yeah,
1: like, no racism, ideally. And I think the witches is in trouble because it's <sighs> a lot of issues in there. But never mind. I mean it's about I-
0: fearing women with bold heads and, and long nails and that sort of thing, isn't it? Yeah, it's quite it's quite like the standard of yeah, 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 that is mm-hmm. very problematic. I can see that. But it scared the bejesus out of me when I was younger.
1: Oh, same. So this was your version of the heart with the feather.
0: <laughs> it was. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You you were worried about the Egyptian gods. I was worried about witches. This says a lot about us.
1: Strange <laughs> mm. <laughs> children. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, so yeah, she does that. Um, and then they they're weighing their hearts and they see each other's memories or something. Um, and we discover that Mark was like abused by his mum because his brother died mm. or something. Um, he blamed it.
1: It's very like that classic scene where, like, it should have been you on that roller coaster, like that vibe.
0: <laughs> where does that happen? It should have been you on that roller coaster. What film are you thinking of?
1: Lots of things. And community does it, like at least once where they're like, yeah, it should have been you, not your brother, blah, blah, blah. It's just, everyone does it. It's a vibe.
0: There is something, I think it's, I know what it is. It's the film. Have you ever seen the film Ordinary People? It's no. like a really obscure 80s Oscar winning film. One best picture at the Oscars. No one's watched it since because it's kind of boring, but it's quite good. And it's mm-hmm. got uh, Donald Sutherland, Mary Tyler Moore, um, the guy from Independence Day who's the dad who plays chess, the dad of Jeff Goldblum. What's okay. his name? Him. Yep, so We've got him fine. in there. And it's about uh, the two brothers, and the older one dies in a boating accident. And it's about the family coming to terms with it because the older brother is preferred. So it's kind of like we've, we've you know, there's a sort of unspoken thing that we would have preferred you to die in that boating accident. And I think it's, I think it's that trope. <laughs> I think maybe it, that film started that trope.
1: <laughs> it's everywhere. Uh, I, I feel like I see it everywhere. It happens in EastEnders. It's what's all over the place. Not that I watch EastEnders apart from at Christmas when I'm at home with my
0: mum. Mm, yeah, but the, let's face it: the only good stuff happens at Christmas.
1: I know, every year. But this person was married to this person last year and that person was dead. And she's like, well, it's all changed now. <laughs> so.
0: Hollyoaks is worse. Hollyoaks, you watch Hollyoaks a month apart and they've changed the entire cast. And you go, Where- who are all these people? I don't understand. <laughs> because so- they're
1: quite young and they're quite good. Some of them, so they go off to do something very important and everyone's like, oh, quick.
0: They gain some- all the opportunities. Like- yeah.
1: yeah.
0: And they all—they would still all look like they've been drawn with felt-tip pen as well. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's a good way of describing that. It me? is, yeah. I feel like I feel like whoever writes Hollyoaks uses crayons.
1: <laughs> I know someone who writes Hollyoaks
0: with crayons.
1: I don't know. I need to check in and be like, what do you use? Is it a pen, biro, pencil, crayon? Tell me.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, um, anyway, thanks. yeah, back to the hippo yeah. gods who always <laughs> up people's hearts. So <laughs> we discovered that Mark is the original one like because all through this we've not known if Mark or Stephen are original whether they were sort of born at the same time or whatever but Mark is the original he created Stephen to cope with the death of his brother and his mother's subsequent abuse um Stephen like falls into the sand at one point and starts sinking um but Mark goes back and saves him and then they go back into the living together it's it's all about them kind of uniting as one and not like feeling like they need to get rid of one or the other so I quite like this uh in contrast to um the second season of Iron Fist, which also had it they it's not called multiple personality disorder, but the more politically correct term, the more scientifically correct term for that, which I can never remember what it is.
1: Dissociative identity disorder.
0: Dissociative identity disorder, yeah, D I D. Uh thank you. <laughs> no I don't want to call it the wrong thing. Um
1: you can edit is- that sound like you told me. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be like, "Oh, thank you for telling me about that."
0: <laughs> but then I'd be contributing to the patriarchy, you know. And, you want to you be know. that
1: person.
0: No. <laughs> I don't want to be that person, yeah. Um it's I guess it's it's quite good in that. It's not saying that having DID is bad. It's like but making you make creating a balance between your different identities and mm. that's what it was all about. But it was a very fantastical weird way to do it
1: it's all about the duality isn't it I guess and that is a big part of the Egyptian gods I feel like there was always one for each side of everything and even the um isn't the afterlife called something like like duality I don't know so it feels like it's all it's all a vibe it's a big thing like learning your your good and your evil sides and the connections between them
0: but it's all a vibe you should lecture in an ancient Egyptian religion.
1: I could, I could, I could, dress up like Evie from the Mummy, and I'll just say it's all a vibe, guys. Duality is a big thing. No, um, I did do some reading to see how the um portrayal of mental health was perceived by people outside of Marvel, and they were like, "It is a step up for Marvel," mm. so that's great. Right. Um, but they still don't feel like it should be used as a source of entertainment.
0: Interesting yeah I see what I mean I guess the step up is that the last time we saw it was in Iron Fist and it was the classic you know one of the identities is pure evil like it's all very Jekyll and Hyde um, Mm. and uh, which is used for fear and for thrill whereas this this at least yeah it is used for entertainment I agree with that but at least it's not neither of them are bad
1: no, exactly, and it, it. I think they were also like, oh, it's used a lot of the stylized like tropes to do with um, this like tying themselves to the bed and the mirrors and stuff. It was very like, but they they did say it was a lot, a lot better. But they just, I think a lot of people said that they shouldn't be using mm. it as, I don't know. It's hard, isn't it? Because I guess if you were gonna make a film about it, you'd want to make a film that, that just, does that justice- is a tricky
0: thing because if you if you want to edu- truly educate people you do have to put it into entertainment i think because yeah. not okay. everyone's going to read a textbook about it um i remember watching an interview with a guy who he was like a um i don't know if he was a holocaust survivor whether he his father was uh but basically he was very sort of, sort of connected to it and he was saying that you shouldn't actually be making any kind of film or tv series that covers this period of history Mm. because it makes it entertainment it kind of like reduces it a little bit um and he was referencing things like the pianist and Schindler's List and that sort of thing basically um and and I I saw where he was coming from but then in my head I thought well how else do you expose the horrors and the evils of this period of history? Two audiences because Mm -hmm. not everyone is going to go and read about it whereas if you make something like Schindler's List which is an incredible film um in my opinion you end up thinking my god I want to maybe maybe I need I need to learn a bit more about this potentially and you might get a book you might go on Wikipedia you might talk to someone and that and learn a bit more and then you end up more educated as a result of a piece of entertainment you know what I I mean
1: there's a big study there's a few studies that have been done today how humans can handle compassion so if you give them too many numbers mm. it, they lose they become they care less so that you can say like oh thousands of people died they will care less than if one person died so by making a tv show or a film which focuses on one human at the center of like a tragedy you end up helping them i don't know relate to that person and really understand the scale of the tragedy in a far better way than you were just parroting numbers, numbers at them. So I feel like it's a really tricky one. I think The Last of Us... I totally
0: see that. Yeah, if you say six million people died, they become like a sort of mass. But if you yeah. if you see a story about one person dying in a horrible, horrible, horrible way, you in, a, in a, and it's all true, then hmm. you, yeah, you, you immediately start finding out about... And then you suddenly think, well, all these other millions of people who might have died the same way or in the same um, uh, circumstances, um, they must have had a similar horrible story and that yeah it multiplies the emotion i suppose doesn't
1: mm. it? exactly yeah i find that with i mean they say that a lot of school shootings in america people are sort of mm. pretty because it happens so often whereas when it happens in the well, it happened that one time in the uk i feel like that story feels much more tragic to people because they can it they remember the faces they remember the names they remember who was involved it's less like a big um, nebulous blob of sadness
0: Yeah. And I suppose you can place that onto things that aren't tragic, but they might like, um, like all these strikes that are going on in the UK. When it first started, I was like on top of it. I was like, yeah, that's awful. But now it's just because it's happening every other week. Now I'm not keeping track of it properly. It's like, it's just almost becoming ingrained that we just got strikes going on Yeah, And and it's not, and you're not so like, of course I care. I think nurses should be paid more. I think doctors should be paid more. I think train workers, teachers should all be paid more, everyone, but um, and that the, these industries should be funded better but I'm not thinking about it as much now because hmm. it's it's just so numerous so yeah
1: yeah so I guess with topics like this like mental health issues I know mm-hmm. that you do it a lot in the soaps actually um normally um, in a very bleak horrifying sad way but it is one of those things where you can raise awareness of issues to the general public I think Call the Midwife does it quite well There's like certain topics that will just be it would be like we wouldn't really know much about it, like dissociative identity mm. disorder. We
0: didn't mm. even know.
1: Like, oh, did we? Couldn't even you remember the
0: name of it. Yeah, how about that? You like, oh
1: crazy people hear voices in their head, whereas this kind of shows you like the humanity. I mean, I wouldn't say it's the best depiction of it at all by any means, no. but you know, it's doing its. It's a hard. You've one. got
0: at least a, a character with two identities, both of which are heroic in their own way. And they let and he learns not to kind of fear the other one or like one one can work off the other one. Because Mark Specter is like he's he's very um, you know, action hero, but he's very ruthless. Whereas Stevens have got a bit more of a moral compass, he's more of a thinker, he and they've both got the kind of strengths, and then by the end they're kind of like asking each other, can I just take over and do this? Can I just take over and do that? And that sort of thing, and that and creating that kind of balance um I think is is nice is it's nice to see that as opposed to one is good, but one is evil and it it's not so sort of um glamorized uh, in that respect. Blit. That
1: that mm. M, M. M. Alan film.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. That one, yeah. Because it's it's them. so easy to be like you've got a hidden evil identity and you're terrified of it, but it's inside you. And yeah.
1: Yeah so there we go. That was a deep
0: that takeaway. was deep. That was deep. I yeah. Um You see,
1: I went from saying the vibe to actually saying something very interesting.
0: You, did. Was, you are you are you are two identities. There's two I of
1: am. <laughs> I'm a sleeper agent. I'd be the professor. No one knows what she's gonna do next.
0: <laughs> I love it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> new TV show concept coming this way. Um <laughs> But yeah, they head back into the, the world of the living after all this wibbly wobbly, uh, weird and wonderful stuff. <laughs> um, uh, Arthur Harrow has killed the other gods' avatars and frees Amet. Dum, dum, dum. But Layla really manages to release Konshu. Um, and she then becomes Toweret's avatar, the hippo god's avatar. Which um, is unexpected. Which is what? So?
1: I found unexpected.
0: Wasn't expecting that. Yeah, I didn't expect it either, but I was like, "Yay!" Yeah. Um, they all fight. There's a big fight. Um, uh, but but Stephen and Mark both blackouts, and they wake up, and they find that Harrow is suddenly defeated. Mm. Which something like this happened earlier, in like episode three or something. There was a bit where Stephen and Mark are talking, and Stephen's like, "And then you killed that guy." Mark's like, "I didn't kill that guy." And then, mm-hmm. and then, but they have to suddenly move on because something happens. And I remember being like, hold up. <laughs> <laughs> and then when this happened and suddenly Harrow's defeated, I, it it was weirdly anticlimactic, but like in a good way. Yeah. I liked it. I was like, there's a third one.
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's setting up perfectly for season two slash film.
0: Very well set up. Yes. Um. um but Harrow's not dead. He's just kind of like, Unconscious or whatever. Um, they seal Amit inside Harrow's body and Conshu orders them to kill him, but they refuse because they're both good guys. Um, and they're asked to be released from Conshu's um powers. Um, and they are, um, so they can go then go about their daily life. Uh, but, but, but there is a third, third identity who remains in conscious service and he's even more ruthless so he kills Arthur Harrow slash Ammit. Yeah. Dun, dun, dun. Jake. Jake. Jake something.
1: Uh,
0: Lockley. Lockley. There we go. I looked it up. Yeah <laughs> <laughs> um, and yeah that's Moon Knight. That's what happened. I liked it. I liked it very much. I didn't like the hospital bit the really surreal bit in the middle but you know.
1: <laughs> you like it more gritty real.
0: I like I liked um I think it just got a bit too confusing um even reading back some of the plot points to remind myself of it for this I was a I was reading it and being like what <laughs>
1: yeah I know I did the same thing I was like cuz I watched it a while back and then watched it again a while I feel like it's been a while since we last we last spoke mm. um but it's a uh, it was weird because I was looking back at my notes I was like, oh, man, <laughs> I have to really distinguish between who's who and one personality. And the-
0: the I different- um, I was going through it and I thought, you know what, um, I'm not going to get too much into the details of it, but I'm just going to acknowledge that it did get a little bit confusing sort of around in the sort of episode five bit. But then when they moved on from it and got to the last episode, it all kind of came together and made sense. So, yeah.
1: So, what would you give it out? Five?
0: I'll give it four for sure. <gasps>
1: And where does it fit in your top five Marvel
0: TV shows? TV shows. Um Let me think, let me think. Let me look at the list of... I haven't kept track of them quite as well in terms of rankings. Um,
1: we're going to catch up soon. Marvel's. Yeah,
0: we're nearly there. We're nearly there.
1: We'll have to find something new to talk about while we wait.
0: I don't want to talk about anything else. <laughs>
1: <laughs> this is it now.
0: Let me see. Um, Ooh, so... Obviously, division's right there at the top. Of course, yeah. I think I would say, I definitely, I mean, I never. I didn't like Falcon and the Winter Soldier. I think I preferred it slightly to Loki. Um, <laughs> but I just, just because I just enjoyed th- how it's a little bit different with the Egyptian gods and stuff. I just enjoyed that, personally. Yeah. But Loki's still good. Um, oh, now, do I prefer it to Hawkeye? That is the question. It's on a Paul- level with Hawkeye.
1: Kine. Hawkeye's surprisingly good considering we both are such fans of Jerry Renner.
0: That, uh... I guess because it wasn't <laughs> just about him. It was about there was so many other people in yeah. there to be offered, wasn't there? And it had He's a, more of
1: a framework.
0: Yeah, it's a framework, yeah. <laughs> I guess it's on a level with them and that. I really enjoyed it. Um and it's and I would probably go back and watch it again in a year or two very easily, mm. I would say. Um, I do you
1: think the tv shows are proving better than the films at the moment
0: they really are um with the exception of spider-man no way home the oh, films yeah. in phase four have been generally either pretty bad or in the case of shang chi at least quite fun um but not, yeah. <laughs> nothing nothing like groundbreaking um whereas you got eternals and black widow and i didn't like either of them at all um yeah Yeah. they put yeah the tv series are yeah higher in quality which I suppose it's interesting because the tv series the episodes aren't actually that long are they it says 45 minutes but then there's about 10 to 15 minutes of credits or previously (laughs) on and that's and and logo the logos are really long as well so if a six episode thing is actually like a three-hour film Mm, really isn't it and they but they can't release a three-hour film all the time they've got to save the three-hour chunks for like the big ones like the Avengers films so I suppose if you split it into little chunks and you can make it a, a good TV series I suppose I think
1: also with films you, you feel like you have to follow a slightly different narrative you can't do like and it's the next day or it's next week or anything you feel you like, you,
0: yeah whereas a TV series you can jump forward a bit and, and play around yeah. with the structure yeah
1: you'd have it would be like too many vignettes so I feel like with a TV show you can jump that a little bit more
0: don't you think it's funny our perception of how long we can watch something for because w- when doug and i sit down for a film we check the timings and if it surpasses two hours we're a bit like oh okay let's settle in for this um if it's hitting <laughs> two and a half hours we're like nah it's way too long way too long but we will watch about six straight episodes of abbott elementary which comes to just over two hours and we'll be like we want more <laughs> yeah we do
1: exact same thing what would you, you gonna yeah, we would choose between a film or some Doctor Who and we ended up watching three episodes of Doctor Who and I was like, Well that's madness because that's longer than the film because they're <laughs> long.
0: It's it's the perception, isn't it? It feels like it feels so much more palatable, but it's not, it's it's just the same length.
1: <laughs> Maybe it's because you can have like little breaks without feeling bad about it. You're like, Oh, I can have a little mm. little go tea go get a And little- I suppose
0: there's the variance, isn't it? Especially with Doctor Who, where each episode is very, very different. Um I-
1: that one monster of the week vibe
0: of TV. Mm, yeah. Now and it, then you, you sort of re, it's like rebooting every 45 minutes with something brand new. Yeah. 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 Oh, well,
1: there we go. Okay. Wow. Well, do you want me to, do you want me to quiz you?
0: Let's, that let's, quiz, it. let's quiz it. 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 Let's like quiz it. Quiz it. I like to quiz it. Quiz it. I like to, I should, I should Um, edit that into a little song.
1: You should. And I, you could play, you could play every time I say, let's do a quiz. And then it'd be. <laughs> you. I'm
0: like,
1: it's a quiz. Okay. What do you believe it got on Rotten Tomatoes?
0: Ooh. Well, I mean, from based on my opinion, I would have gone quite high, but lots of people I've spoken to haven't liked it as much, so I'm going to go with, like, 80.
1: Yeah, 86.
0: 86. Okay. Not bad. Mo- a modest, not bad, but that's a, quite a modest number for Rotten Tomatoes, isn't
1: it? <laughs> yeah, it's... <laughs> yeah. I mean, Paddington 2 got 100%, but we just... So that's the standard of perfection.
0: Paddington 2, though, is one of the greatest things ever created. Like It's, it's, tr-
1: it's amazing. I mean, yeah. peril, but still good. So they say, you know, it's entertainment value you may wax and wane a bit, like the moon. See what they did there. Oh,
0: but- <laughs> they, oh you know what? Yeah. Shut up. I hate critics.
1: <laughs> I bet they spent hours doing that. But- <laughs> And that ultimately settles into a mostly enjoyable and refreshingly weird spot in the MCU firmament.
0: You know what? I think they probably loved it, but they gave it a slightly less than good review because they wanted the wax and wane thing in.
1: I think so too. They were like, "We've got this ready. We can't
0: not. Use we can't that. put that into a five-star review. We're going to have to put it into a three/slash four-star review." <laughs>
1: <laughs> I can't ask you about money anymore because it's too complicated to work out. Really.
0: Oh, okay. There we go. So, money is um money doesn't exist for us.
1: Money no longer exists. I'm mm. sorry
0: about
1: that. Um, where do you believe it filmed mostly?
0: Ooh, um uh, not Egypt's, I presume, because you're asking this question. Did they film in any anything in the British Museum? Because it looked like the British Museum. Oh, where did they film that?
1: It's Budapest. <laughs> Isn't it? Oh, <laughs> surprise i wonder if that's why he did the accent just to sort of like make sure he felt connected to london who knows Must have bit
0: but it looked like the british museum that was very impressive
1: i know well, i guess it's quite a big box really the british Museum in terms of its architecture
0: true but then i don't know i've been in that egyptian section so many times in the british museum and i was like oh yeah i recognize that bit it's got that bit there and you if you walk that way you go to the central bit <laughs>
1: Yeah, so you recognise the square, the square element.
0: <laughs> evidently, evidently, I, uh, was, ta- I was I I was, was completely t- taken in by that con.
1: It was <laughs> cute. Um, yes, yeah, so it was Budapest, Jordan, Slovenia, Atlanta, and Jordan. Atlanta, Georgia, sorry.
0: Oh, well, they went all over. Nice. They did. Jordan um, makes sense. Jordan makes sense, yeah. Jordan
1: does make sense, yeah, because you, you kind of need somewhere with, like, a bit of desert to it, otherwise... What's the point? Exactly. Um, how do you believe Oscar Isaac prepared for his role?
0: Oh, did he watch? I don't know. He watched Towie, The Only Way is Essex.
1: <laughs> he did watch An Idiot Abroad and Peter Sellers. Who...
0: Oh, Peter Sellers. Okay. Yeah. yeah.
1: Um, And he also read Robert B. Oxham's book, A Fractured Mind, which he called his Bible.
0: Okay. Yeah. Is that about mental health? Yes. I assume. Yeah.
1: Um uh, what what do you think Oscar thought of his third alter ego, Jake Lockley?
0: He was like, ooh, dangerous.
1: <laughs> yeah, he said the same ominous about him, but he liked that he spoke Spanish because it meant that um
0: Yes he it, does, yeah.
1: That element of himself to the role.
0: Because Oscar Isaac is Guatemalan, I believe.
1: Yeah. I think so, yes.
0: Think, let me double check that, otherwise I'm not. <laughs> you
1: sound like that bit in birdcage where they keep talking about the different like help and they're like, oh no, she was Guatemalan.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yep, Guatemalan born.
1: There we go. I really want to do like a little a little um jingle and be like, that's not my Egyptian god. Um so do you know <laughs> what they're all for? Like Khonsu, like what is he god of?
0: He's god of the moon
1: yeah you know that one that's a yeah. pretty good um what is Towerit, the goddess of
0: justice
1: no ironically not childbirth oh. and fertility which it does feel like justice i suppose in some ways
0: what was she goddess of sorry
1: childbirth and fertility
0: childbirth and fertility oh so why does she weigh up the things
1: don't know she also guides souls through the duet so maybe that's she's just a multitasking god she's overachiever
0: these these hippos they're they're impressive creatures (laughs)
1: yes (laughs) they are i find it kind of offensive that the uh egyptian god of fertility and childbirth is a hippo but that's just me (laughs) hippos
0: Uh, hippos give birth and they're that they have family structures and stuff i learned about this in south africa recently
1: (laughs) (laughs) there we go so you know things I know things, yeah. Amit.
0: Amit. Uh, She's like a demon god of the dead or the underworld or something. She's like really bad.
1: Devourer of the dead.
0: Devourer of the dead. That's it, yeah.
1: Yeah, so that was quite a fun little round. That's cute.
0: That's really cute.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Were there any gods that you... Like Osiris. What do you think Osiris was god for? That's a classic.
0: Osiris. Now, this is one I've heard of, but I can't remember. Is that like wisdom and knowledge?
1: He's Lord of the Dead and re- There's a lot of dead.
0: There are a lot of dead, aren't there? Quite obsessed with death.
1: <laughs> yeah, Lord of the Dead and Rebirth. That's why he's green. That symbolizes rebirth rather than death, apparently.
0: <laughs> okay, fair enough, fair enough.
1: Uh, but green is
0: green is like grass and trees and shit. So it's gross. On
1: the green, really, doesn't it?
0: Mm, that's true. Yeah.
1: Disney is evil.
0: It's <laughs> so- like nature green, but then there's sickness green. Yeah
1: can you
0: do set 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 no i don't know
1: i love it he does he's again a multitasking god he does deserts storms disorder violence and foreigners
0: oh oh <laughs> <laughs> well yeah that that is a real venn diagram there isn't it
1: <laughs> i've got it all the foreigners are covered with my deserts and storms not sure why but that's well, maybe it's
0: maybe you know from a um an Egyptian perspective, the on the you know, lots of lots of like foreigners coming in could be an army that's invading or something like that, maybe.
1: Maybe, yeah.
0: <laughs> or they could be all a bunch of xenophobic racists. <laughs>
1: yeah, it's like the Nigel Farage of the gods. <laughs> 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 um, uh what about ISIS?
0: ISIS, ooh, um is she like wisdom and knowledge?
1: She's kind of like, she's kind of like the divine mother of the dead. Why are they all the
0: deads? Why is <laughs> it? Maybe the life expectancy was so short in ancient Egypt. They're like, well, we have got to worship the dead.
1: But it makes sense now why they were so into the mummies, right?
0: True. Yeah, they did have um very interesting like funeral rites and stuff, didn't they?
1: They did. They're different
0: from us. So
1: I feel like, I mean, it's a weird one. I mean, I could go on, but to be fair, you can see what I'm gonna end up doing. Uh let me see, we have the next question. Layla drew um Layla, May Kalamawi, who played Layla, drew inspiration from a character in popular culture for her character.
0: Lara Croft.
1: Yes, it was Lara Croft. Yes, she- I knew it. And Jolie's Lara Croft.
0: Oh, of course, yeah. Well whatever Lara Croft could there be?
1: Well the the game. The little game
0: oh the game oh okay i thought
1: the original lara the little blocks you know that you
0: <laughs> the the um the the pixel pixelated lara <laughs> yeah
1: classic lara who does a handstand
0: when you go off of, like
1: even in the, the, mo- the
0: one who could get about 50 medikits and that teeny tiny backpack she had on her back
1: i specifically bought a teeny tiny backpack to be like lara croft and I was like this is so so unhelpful with all of my bits
0: uh-huh. <laughs>
1: Right, so obviously Stephen and Mark have to interact with each other sometimes.
0: Mm, Yes.
1: Tricky. That must be. So, how do you think they managed to film that?
0: Um, with great difficulty, and but with an excellent actor playing both roles.
1: Um. Well. Well, they actually had a stand-in, but they hired um, Michael Benjamin Bro and Hernandez. So that's a uh, Oscar's Oscar's brother.
0: Oh. Okay. Oh. Yeah. Nice.
1: Yeah, he said it's the closest possible thing to him that there is on Earth, which I thought was quite cute.
0: Oh yeah, I guess yeah, it stands to reason, doesn't it? Yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, how do you believe Ethan Hawke got the role of Arthur Harrow? Uh,
0: auditioning very well, putting glass in his shoes and walking on it.
1: <laughs> yes, that was what he did. Uh, no, so he's um he's Oscar's neighbor, and um. He bumped into him at a coffee shop and us was like, Do you want to be in my show? <laughs> was for her and he was like, Yeah, okay. And that what well, Oscar that.
0: Isaac was like, You want to be in my show about yeah. a Marvel show?
1: Yeah, 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 that's what he did.
0: <laughs> like he wrote and created it.
1: <laughs> yeah. I love that he invited even like, Do you want to just do it? And even it's not like he's not famous,
0: he's, he's yeah, famous. <laughs> he's like, Yeah, <laughs>
1: and why not? Why not? Um, we've talked about Peter Sellers, Carl Bilkington. He was also, um, just as a throwaway, he was also inspired by the Jewish community living in Enfield. Their accents in London. Oh, okay. Oh
0: yeah.
1: um, Sorry, I've lost my place. Done some of my questions in the wrong order.
0: <gasps> oh.
1: There are QR codes shown throughout the series. Did you scan any of them?
0: No, I didn't spot any QR codes. That's fun.
1: They all work. They take you to a page on the official Marvel website where it's possible to read a free online issue of the Moonlight Comics.
0: Ooh, that's a fun idea. Cute, right? I'd have to re-watch and look out for those.
1: Yeah. It means that whenever we go forward, I'm always going to be scanning everything in every show, right? <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: And my last question would be um, what's significant about director?
0: Oh, um, no idea i don't know who the director was
1: Mohammed Diab, but he's the first arab to direct a marvel studios production
0: excellent yeah we like the diversities
1: we do they did go very specifically try to hire actors of egyptian roots as well which is nice
0: that's good that's good as they should as they should as they should well Done. done moon Knight. done let's see what's next i think it's a film next I think we're going, like, film TV, film TV for a little bit. Classic, yeah. Which is nice to alternate. Um, Oh, yes, I enjoyed the title of this very much. Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness.
1: (laughs) Ah, good. Which
0: makes it sound like a Hammer Horror sort of um, film. If
1: it were, eh?
0: Which I enjoy very much. And I've seen that Wanda is in it, and we love her.
1: We do love Wanda, but will we still love her after her appearance in that film?
0: Fingers crossed. Uh, fingers crossed. We'll see next time.
1: You've been listening to an episode of The Marvel Version. If you'd like to join in the conversation, you can tweet us at The Marvel Version. We hope you enjoyed the show and that you'll tune into the next fact filled episode.